What's going on, cinema lovers and movie fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Cinebates Podcast. I'm Michael Joe Collins. Joined with me today is, as always, Jake Schultz. On the internet. This is our uh, second episode on the internet, eh? Yes. A recorded one from home today. Uh, could not get into the studio, but, you know, it's all right. doesn't matter. At least we have less technical issues to deal with uh, starting off. Well, that we know of. We haven't actually edited it yet. It could be way there you worse. Go. <laughs> well, fingers crossed for that one. Today we got uh, a brand new review of... Uh, <laughs> God, man. Of Argyle. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Argyle. Um, if you can't tell by now, we didn't like it. <laughs> we weren't uh, the biggest fans of Argyle the movie. Why don't you give us a synopsis of what uh, this spy thriller is about from the uh, twisted mind of Matthew Vaughn? Yeah, if you saw the trailer, which I'm sure you did because it played in front of every single thing for the past month and a half. Uh, Argyle, reclusive author Ellie Conway writes best-selling espionage novels about a secret agent named Argyle who's on a mission to unravel a global spy syndicate. However, when the plots of her books start to mirror the coveted actions of real-life spy organization, the lines between fiction and reality begin to blur. Yeah. <laughs> this was marketed um, as like a Dua Lipa, Henry Cavill movie, and they're in it for maybe 10 minutes. And yeah, that is the really biggest, how the biggest little there. tease they did. Yeah. Cause those were probably the, I mean, aside from Sam Rockwell, it's a pretty stacked cast, Sam Jackson, Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, but I mean, they really put this out there as a Henry Cavill, Dua Lipa movie. And, Boy, are they not in this movie. And it's really disappointing because I was super stoked for some Dua Lipa after that Grammys performance. It was awesome. Uh, and I was super uh, disappointed, I guess, is the right word for the casting choice. But, I mean, God, I think this kind of cemented Matthew Vaughn as really falling off the deep end here because his past couple movies have been pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, and this uh, one is no no different. What I felt like in this movie was like first of all i i've liked matthew vaughn quite a bit i i've gone to bat for a lot of his films kingsman the first one especially uh a very solid film kick ass talked about that extensively on the last podcast if you want to hear my thoughts on that one but like he's a very special director when it comes to making different stylistic movies like he's very much a stylistic filmmaker and Argyle and more recently has felt like he's kind of put style over substance. And I feel like this continues that trend um, with a, a film that's long. It's about two hours and 20 minutes. It's like very, very long movie. Um, and the direction that they take the film is certainly an interesting concept because when when you're talking about like this this twisting between what's real and what's fiction when you're looking at it through the perspective of Ellie Conway who's a book writer and this world is all fine and dandy for the first hour or so because you're like oh this is kind of very tongue-in-cheek uh even with some of the action scenes which I didn't particularly love which is normally a highlight in Matthew Vaughn's films for me I felt like the stylistic of them was kind of it was fun with him with them twisting between oh look it's argyle here or it's sam rockwell there and then you're blinking and then it switches between them i thought it was kind of fun but the stylistic choice of like you literally are viewing it through ellie's eyes and you see the blinking and not just that like it's not just like one scene they use this device multiple times in the movie so it gets kind of weird after a while because i was like oh this is it's kind of jarring at first uh, and then the more it went on, I was like, okay, like I get it. And it doesn't feel like there was really any action sequences that stood out compared to a lot of other Matthew Vaughn films. And that's just mainly because this film after the first hour turns itself into almost like a parody of what it's actually trying to be with a script that is so overly focused on being a cliche of get, of a spy film by giving you twist after twist after twist. And it's not clever. It just feels stupid. And it's hitting you over the head with it over and over and over again before I became annoyed, which is not really something that I want to be sitting and doing watching a spy film. I want to be having fun. 
but when I'm constantly seeing twist after twist, and I literally had a visceral reaction at one of them, which we'll get to in the spoiler review, um, I ended up walking out pretty disappointed in this one. Yeah, this was. Uh, I mean, the amount of twists is super convoluted. The the movie. I was trying to like think of notes, trying to remember what even happened in this, and like you would really watch something happen and then forget it five minutes later and be like, wait, what? It's so convoluted. The action, yeah, it wasn't necessarily like super fun or stylistic. Like it was just very cliche. Uh, I think they tried to go for more funny, but the script itself really, it just wasn't funny. And I, I think you could get away with that if the actor's really funny, but Bryce Dallas Howard, I think she's fine but she's really not like a funny person and it didn't really come across that way. Uh, the first like act I actually was kind of into, I thought it was yeah. pretty interesting. And then it goes on for an hour and a half later longer. And I was super out of it. Um, it's not a good movie at the end of the day. It's actually a pretty bad movie, I would say. Um, yeah. And I think it's just a pretty good cast fighting with a lot of the script and the acting's not even bad. Like the performances no. aren't even that that bad. Like it's no, it's nothing like, to do with them. It's just the movie itself is is a big swing and it's a big miss. Bryce Dallas Howard needs a better agent because I've seen her in a lot of things that I really like her in. Even the Jurassic World films, like she's pretty solid in them. And this one too, like she's good. But then about halfway through the movie, they kind of ask her to do something completely different, and I feel like she kind of struggled a little bit with it and genuinely just the, the back half of this film is just really bad but no the acting's fine sam rockwell's having a lot of fun in it and you can tell that he's having a lot of fun samuel jackson uh clearly is just checked out at this point and is getting a paycheck yeah. and there's he's, he's he's in one place the entire like he definitely filmed there's for one, like one day over and over again where i couldn't start stop laughing at because it keeps cutting back to him when he's watching a lakers game and he's yeah. sitting back he's just in watching chair, the Lakers fully pack. And he's just clapping with his hands over and over again, like nonstop doing that for like maybe every time they went back to him, I think like four times, he just kept doing it. He just kept clapping his hands nonstop over and over again. Like, what are you doing? Um, the acting was fine, but yeah, no, it, it's, it really is battling itself with the script, which I think just yeah. falls completely flat in its second half because yeah, like I like the first half. I think the first half is kind of fun. Yeah. It's kind of and in the first half, it, it's even like poking fun of itself. It's not taking itself too seriously, and then it just takes this huge turn that is so confusing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, should we just get into spoilers? Because I feel like one. Yeah, I don't think you can really, really talk about this movie. Uh, well, no, clearly There's not. So it many Considering how much marketing Apple has put into this movie. And it is absolutely bombed at the box office. And this is the third film in a row now that Matthew Vaughn has put out that's just completely bombed. At the time of recording, $40 million on a near $250 million budget. That is like, what is, uh, that's insane. Yeah, this is like, the marketing is everywhere. But it doesn't even look like a $250 million movie. Like, it looks... Like, and this is the issue that I have with so many of these now modern blockbusters is that people are just ballooning the budget over top and the, the film just doesn't look good. Like the first no. action sequence, like you can play it off and be like, oh, it's it's in the imagination of a book. Like it's supposed to look bad. But when Henry Cavill is driving a car around and it's like crashing into things and it is just like looks so cheap and cartoonish. And it just is jarring to watch because I've seen Matthew Vaughn direct really solid action scenes in Kick-Ass and in the first Kingsman film. And it's the, kind of the same thing that happened with The King's Man that came out a couple years ago. It feels like it just balloons the budget and then it gets lost in the sauce of its style that the script just gets thrown out completely. And that's what this film was. And I'm going to say first off with the first twist. This is your first and last spoiler warning. Like I'm getting full into this. So the first twist, the main twist that we get, I think we should try to, try to go a little bit chronological because I had a reaction to most of the twists until it became twist after twist every two minutes, um, was that Ellie Conway, her parents were not actually her parents. They were part of the spy... Uh, what the syndicate? Division? That was like... Or, sure. Yeah, there's two... I don't know. There's two, two spy things in this. Because they show her parent... Or they show her mom... 
and then they keep cutting to Brian Cranston, who's like the head of the syndicate, but they keep talking about dad, but they don't show the dad. So you immediately kind of, you kind of like know that it might be heading somewhat into like a direction where like someone's going to show up to be the dad. I didn't think it was going to be Brian Cranston showed up. So when he showed up, I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. And then they did like the, you think that's your dad and mom? Just kidding. They're not. They're ahead of the spy syndicates and Catherine O'Hara, who God bless her soul. She's hilarious and everything she does and was trying her best in this film just does the flip on there too and then it starts off the kick of every twist every 20 minutes after that i thought that twist was fine though like it was still relatively in the first act where i thought it was like oh like that's kind of a fun twist on the head uh i don't know what'd you think uh yeah yeah i, I didn't have an issue with that one it's yeah. yeah i mean okay i guess um I'm, I'm, I'm in this movie i'm watching it i guess i'm here at this point uh, but then it just keeps going. <laughs> then we get to the next one, which arguably this is the one that got a visceral reaction from me. I literally put my hands in my head and was like, no, no, like literally like uh, like uh, I was seeing something horrific happen on screen when they go to Samuel Jackson is in the hut and they're explaining the past and they go Argyle. It's who's the real agent Argyle, the thing you've heard over and over again. Well, it turns out the real agent Argyle is Ellie Conway. But not just that, her name is Agent R. Kyle, and she was recounting the memories of her being an agent in her books because she forgot them all. She was brainwashed after a skating accident, and she is named Agent R. Kyle. Yeah. Agent (laughs) R. Kyle. Yeah. That might be the uh, most <laughs> condescending what the F moment I've seen in a movie in a long, long time. I wanted to throw up. That is awful. I'm sorry. That is horrible. It's, it could be kind of funny, but like, I no, no, no. R. Kyle. Asian art. No, no. I'm sorry. I, I, I from that point on, I didn't want to hear another second of the movie. Uh, that is blasphemy <laughs> that he got away with doing that. Yeah, that one was pretty rough. I mean, listen, I don't, I didn't mind that. I think I even called that twist before we saw, or before, before. I think last week I told you I think it's going to be her, but whatever. Like that's fine. But the R. Kyle thing is just stupid. It's just dumb. It's so annoying. And the skating thing. That's oh a whole God. big deal, apparently. It is. There's a whole action sequence that's around her skating in oil because she puts knives on her shoes. And then she remembers that, that was she's insane. A <laughs> okay, I do have a question for you. What, ta- what, what year is this movie taking place? I don't know, man. I have no idea because they say a little bit later they- in the film, they put a date to it, technically, with the 20 years later or 20 years earlier, but I have no idea. So they have a scene in this. So, oh, by the way, Sam Rockwell is the a- agent and he's working with her and they're trying to get to the, the, the what's it called? Well, to stop the I, division I, I, from getting matter. the secrets. And then she's like, oh, maybe I'll give it to the division. It, 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 it doesn't matter. None, none of this matters. But there's a point where she figures that out and Sam Rockwell's like explaining it to her. And she's like, no, no, it can't be me. And then their song comes on which is like this trigger that, oh, not only is she an agent, but her and Sam Rockwell are lovers. And the song is their song and it triggers their memory that they used to be together. But the song is that AI Beatles song that came out like four months ago. So how is that their song? That doesn't make any sense. Is this in 2035 or something? When is this movie taking place? Did Apple just be like, oh, we have that. We have the Beatles song. Let's just put it in the movie. I think that's literally what happened because it doesn't make sense that a song that came out four months ago is their song that that had like she didn't write all these books. By the way, is this movie because she's the author of the actual Argyle books that you can go buy. This is like the fourth book, but it's a movie. So it's it's literally a continuation of the books. So confusing, so stupid. They tried to sell this character as like Taylor Swift, by the way. They're trying to pick up on all the Taylor Swift steam. She's basically supposed to be like this millennial, like Taylor Swift esque character who's like sort of copy. She she even has the same cat. 
Like it's oh, the super CGI weird. CGI cat was so weird, man. Why it is, is like CGI a cat? It is like millennial fantasy. It's so confusing. I hated this movie. Um, it is just pain, painful to watch. And I gave this a pretty, um, a pretty high rating for what I actually thought of this movie because I do like directors taking big swings, and this movie is a lot of swings. It's not good swings. It's some pretty ass swings. But that's okay. I'm okay with the director taking swings. He misses a lot. But I did enjoy the first like act, and I did think it could have made something cool here. Anyway, did you get to the after credit scene? Yeah, so this is what I wanted to talk about. Because I feel like Matthew Vaughn is heading down a direction that I really, really don't like. Um, I mean, let, let, let's just talk about this. So after the, after the film, first of all, the film ends with Henry Cavill standing up in yeah. the worst accent I've ever heard in my life being like, I don't have a question for you, but do you have two for me? And then it just ends. And Henry Cavill, but has that, like that, that also hair. doesn't make sense because we just found out that she's yeah, the character. So why yeah, is she seeing I, him in the I, audience? I, now? She I should don't know, know at this point. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah because she, she's she like Argyle in the book reading him. And you're yeah. like, wait, but now she but he's knows real. So why is she he's still real because it? Sam Rockwell reacted to it. So that means he's a real person. Uh, and then the film ends because this apparently is a trilogy that is being planned. It's, it's not going to be. I'm sorry, Matthew Vaughn. This movie. But here's the thing. Is, is getting not Apple, good reviews. It's bombing. Apple's I don't think this is going to be a trilogy. Apple is already. There's no way films. they're making this. Okay. So the way that this ends, though, is that the mid credit scenes shows 20 years earlier a young Argyle who's played by the kid from Sing Street shows up at the King's Man And you bar. know it's him because of his hair. Yes. I didn't know it was him actually at all until he said the name Argyle. And I was like, oh. Um, and shows up at the King's Man bar from the King's Man, which is a prequel to the Kingsman films. Okay, you got it? You following along? So then he shows up and they're like, who are you? He's like, oh, I'm apparently Argyle has a first name. I don't even remember what it was. And then it ends and I'm like, that's pretty weird. And then it says coming soon, the first book of Argyle or whatever it was called. So the next film in this supposed trilogy is supposed to be a prequel to the first book, which is the first book of Argyle's. Even So there's nothing that makes sense of that. <laughs> then there's the idea that this sets place in the King's man universe. And that is, I think, a horrible idea because I don't know why Matthew Vaughn wants to put all of his projects in one basket and create this shared universe between all of these different things because now there's the real world, which is set in the Argyle universe. And then there's the Argyle universe, which is set in the Kingsman universe, which means that the Kingsman films also are technically voided but then they also exist within this Argyle world, which doesn't exist inside the real world, but does exist inside the Argyle world because Henry Cavill apparently is Argyle, even though he's still – so there's nothing that makes sense that's happening in this film and this supposed universe. And this is not the end of it. Matthew Vaughn wants to do another set of films that combines Kingsman, which combines Argyle, and combines a third mystery franchise, which what we have talked about last week – that third mystery franchise is kick-ass. So he is going to put all three of his franchises, supposed franchises, because I, I don't want Argyle to get more films, in one basket. And just, it feels so lazy. And why are we doing this? Because it takes away all of the merits of any of these other films. Like, Kingsman is getting not only another sequel to The Kingsman, which is taking place of Hitler, and that's a prequel to the. Uh, I don't know. And then there's also getting a sequel to Kingsman 2. Like, it just feels... I hate it. I just hate it. I don't like this direction that Matthew Vaughn is doing. I wish he would just stray away from his franchises that aren't grossing well at the box office. Like, we can't forget that. The Kingsman bombed. It was absolutely terrible. I didn't like the film either. Like, And it just feels like he's straying away from a direction of originality and fun stylistic sequences to cash a check with all of his franchises and I don't like that direction and I think it's a bad direction for him to head in 
And I was very upset the second I saw the news that he wants to make a shared universe because I think that is just it's a horrible idea. Yeah, I think that's a, a just an awful decision. I know you're excited for Kick-Ass, but I, I really don't want to see another one. I think I don't my think brother I raised his point. Anymore. I don't think I am my, because what faith do I have anymore in him? Well, my brother actually raised his point. He said, you get everything from Kick-Ass in that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. It's just not the same violence. You still get the same amount of whatever you want from Matthew Vaughn. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie was great. Stick, Go stick with that. Matthew Vaughn, I don't know what you're doing. I don't, I don't want to know what you're doing anymore. I think that's the final nail in the coffin for me with Matthew Vaughn, which really sucks because you said he's doing the Damien Chazelle movie, right? He is. He's directing Damien Chazelle's script. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please. Just stop moving for like a little bit, man. Take a, a chill pill. This movie sucked, bro. Stop. You're also for forgetting God's that he sake. has another spy action film coming out called Project X with Chris Hemsworth and Sam Rockwell. That also is apparently in the works. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> okay, don't see this movie. That's all I got to say about this movie. Uh, did you like Sam Rockwell? I did. I thought he was kind of fun. I like Sam Rock- yeah. Rockwell in like most things. I think he does not. I thought he was pretty. He was all right in this. Yeah, I don't think he's ever takes fault for a film's narrative issues ever. I think his performance was a lot of fun, and he clearly was having fun. And I kind of forget Sam Rockwell's like good until like I see him in films, and then I'm like, oh yeah, he's he's really good because like I see his films, and I'm like, he is good. But then you kind of forget about him every once in a while. Uh, yeah, I I don't know, man. I I'm worried about Matthew Vaughn, and this is like yeah, it's mindless, dumb, and you could be like, oh, you're being way too hypercritical on some of the things, but like. The reviews aren't very good on it. People coming out of the film aren't really liking it. Like the letterbox score is not very high. Cinema score was really low. And like when the film finished, the first words I heard in the audience was what? And that's not like, that's not the reaction you want. And this is also another issue with blockbusters now too, is that they always go for this weird cheesy ending especially more frequently of like this one liner at the end of a movie that kind of hangs on a cliffhanger, but it's supposed to be like Aquaman. It's supposed to be a joke, right? Aquaman two did that with him talking into a mic and then going, we, and it ended Ant-Man three did that with the end of the film with him throwing up the flash did it with his tooth falling out. It's this really weird through line that I've been seeing in a lot of blockbusters that I don't know where it came from that I want to stop because it's not fun. It's not a satisfying way to end your films. In fact, it's the quite opposite that I end up groaning seeing it 90% of the times. And that's what I did at the end of Argyle because I'm like, for God's sake, why are we doing it here? This film doesn't need a trilogy. This film doesn't need the franchise. There's not that unlimited potential because where do you go from here? You already shifted her character completely to be a different character than she was at the beginning of the film. But now she just remembers her spy things, which also, like I said, crucified her entire character because she was forced to try to do something different and i don't think she did it very well at all also side note though maybe the worst like makeover i've ever seen in a film halfway through they did her so dirty with that look what was that hair like the flip over blonde hair oh my god like i just there was a lot about this film that didn't work for me i was slightly more optimistic going in because i was holding on to him capturing some of the magic from kingsman but it turns in all that he wants to hold on to is a check. And even he's not getting that really right now. So I give it two and a half. I feel like I might go to like, I might, the more I think about the film, I've seen it's been almost a week since I've seen the film. The more it just sticks out that I'm upset that this is the, the direction that a director that I really like that who did X-Men first class. Like he's a very capable director and he's shown that he can handle really good scripts is going down a generic Hollywood blockbuster route that is making his films less important. So I think two is going to be where I stand on this film. Yeah, I, I gave it a two and that that's an optimistic too, man. That is pure, purely for the first act. Uh, I like the cast. I did not get much from this movie. I think this kind of just rotted my brain for a little bit. Is this the end of IP, man? It's supposed like this. I guess this is technically, I don't, I don't know. I just I, I don't know what Christopher Nolan right. His brother does too, but yeah, he does. Christopher Nolan does right, so we got that going. For no, us. Christopher Nolan is he right? He said it's the end. He oh, it's does he right? IP is over, bro. Ah, uh, 
it's not looking good because there's not a lot of franchises or franchise potential that's coming out right now. Like it's pretty, it's pretty dire, but don't worry. We got another Jurassic park movie coming out next year. Well, apparently the director's not even in it anymore, but listen, (laughs) if, if this is the end, there is still one IP that I think this, this is a bit of a, an audition tape here for Henry Cavill to be James Bond. And I think he absolutely flopped. I think they're never going to cast him now as James Bond because that 10 minutes he had on screen, he was fine. Yeah, he's but fine. he is not James Bond, man. He is not going to be James Bond. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Speaking of someone that needs more better agent, he's the definition. Jeez, bro. Stop giving I'm, him I'm telling stuff. you, man. I, this guy's not charismatic. He's not interesting. He's not fun. He's just a big dude who like sometimes can get a nice role. But I don't want him to lead anything. And he wasn't even leading anything in this. He was just like, okay, Henry Cavill's here with a haircut. Super odd movie, man. Not a fan. Yeah, it, it feels like on the surface, it feels very fine and turn off your brain. But like under the surface, when you really start to get to like more of its intentions, it's, it's if not. If it was it's, in an hour and a half and had yeah. like maybe the one twist in there and was like, hey, maybe people like this. Yeah. Throw it out like the Kingsman too, like. Kingsman would just picked up steam because people love like just oh it's like movie nobody's really talking about it's super fun but also again that's a movie where it's more like an action movie it's funny but it relied on the people to be funny this movie was like let's just make it a joke and then they cast it wrong with Bryce Dallas Howard she's fine in the movie she's just not a very funny person the script demanded a lot I think she's more fighting with the script anyway but like I don't know Kingsman was so different. Kick-Ass was so different, too. It came out of nowhere. It was just nothing. This movie was like everywhere you went. You just see this. Argo, Argo, Argo. And then nobody saw it because it eventually got too oversaturated in the marketing market. And it just, it sucked, bro. It sucked. It's a bad movie. I'm surprised you're staying at two, then. Because normally your twos are like, it's fine. I, I, I do like a swing. And I think this is a pretty big swing. All of the other nonsense around it is, you know, it's whatever. But I, I, I do hold firm on a two. I'm not going to go down on that. I'm never going to go above that. But I do, I do think it's like, listen, wait for it to come out on uh, VOD or something. Don't, don't pay for this. Wait for it to come out on, on Apple. Yeah, don't. don't if it, if this. it wasn't two and a half hours, too, it'd be like, okay. I don't know. Maybe you could find some enjoyment in that, but like, oh my god. I yeah, the length is it's too much, man. There's no. Why did it keep it going? I, there's no reason for it to be as long as it is. It's just, it's an oversaturated film. Uh, I, yeah. I, as someone who likes him, just very disappointed with the overall film. So that's not a, that's not a glowing recommendation from us. Normally we, normally we don't really agree on bad films like this, but this is kind of like the first time since insidious that we've both agreed that film that we've based our episode on is, uh, but, not- but even then, even with insidious, like I was able to say it was a bad movie, but I still liked the movie, this movie. I don't even like it, man. Yeah. I don't like it. Well, let's shift a little bit. I have some cine news for you, Mike. Just a little bit of cine news. Cause I think there's some pretty big stuff that came out in the world of film this week that I think we should touch on. Sound good to you? Talk a little cine news? Let's do it. This is cine news. We talk about the world of IP. Well, Disney had its investor shareholders conversations earlier this week, and they decided to give us a little bit of a surprise news about their films that are going to be dropping, their animated films within the next couple of years. Among that, Moana 2. This film was not at all talked about in development. This was a film that came out of nowhere because it was originally a Disney Plus show that was created for their platform that they since looked at and said, you know what, let's just shift this to a movie. And apparently it's coming out this year in November when the next on slate was supposed to be the live action Moana film, which comes out next year, which has Lin-Manuel Miranda in the film, will not have the stars, will not have the top two leads in the film, but... This has seemingly came out of nowhere, and with the news beside it, Lin-Manuel Miranda will not be returning to create the music. The director of the originals is also not returning, and it is a storyboard artist of the 
first movie that is directing this film. Maui will be back, which is kind of surprising because the film, the first one, doesn't really call for Maui's return. And ultimately, this feels like a cash grab from Disney. Because yeah. imagine like going to work on your TV show and then they're like, oh, actually, we've got to make a movie in a couple months. Uh, yeah. Oh, crap. Gotta You're, put the pedal in the metal. It feels like with the last two films that Disney has put out that have absolutely bombed animation side. You had Strange Worlds with Jake Gyllenhaal that they didn't know how to market and it did not do well at the box office because of that. And then you had Wish, which similar situation, didn't know how to market that one and didn't really do too well. And now they went, well, we need to get a quick buck. So why don't we just shift this television show that we've had in production for about three, four years now and let's just like condense it all into like an hour and a half and put that out it screams like this is not going to be very good. And outside of that, Disney also revealed the rest of its upcoming animation slates. We already know Inside Out 2 is coming out this year, which brings Moana 2 and Inside Out 2 as the two films. I can't believe I'm saying Moana 2. Next year, Zootopia 2. That came out of nowhere as well as being in production and coming out next year in November. Leaving in 2026 to be Frozen 3 and Toy Story 5. So the direction that Disney is clearly going is all IP based because their animated films that are original have flopped and this kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, I don't care about Moana 2 or Zootopia 2 or Inside Out like, 2. Why, why should Jeez. you? Like, it, there is no reason for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've we've had this conversation before. Where I think it's it's definitely not for us. So, I mean, if it's making money for them and kids are enjoying it, then why not? But, but yeah, I do, I do somewhat agree with your point where it's like you do want want the original stuff to you know make money so they can keep making more original stuff. But they're not marketing well. It's yeah, their own fault. They're also – they're not good movies. Like they're not great movies. They're just kind of fine. And like there used to be a lot of care and love that went into every single Disney or Pixar animated film. And they're just not fine. And also like Pixar screwed themselves with their animated films because they weren't putting them out in theaters. Soul, you got a pass for because Soul was during the middle of the pandemic. That film got critical acclaim, which was a wholly original. And then you had two other ones in Luca and Turning Red that you just didn't put out in theaters because you're like, eh, we'll keep them on Disney+. Plus. So then you trained your audience to not care about these original films because they're just going to come out on Disney+, Plus, which speak to the fact Turning Red is in theaters right now. Three years later, they put it out in theaters for its first ever theatrical run. That is ridiculous. And that is just blasphemy. And then now... Well, because these films came out, now you're just turning back to IP. You're turning back to original because, oh, our original films don't make money. It's because you trained your audience not to go watch them in theaters and that they're just going to be available on Disney+. Plus, But only go out and go watch the big ones because that's all that matters. Because Toy Story 5, that's what everyone wants. We want another Toy Story film after the third one had the perfect ending. The fourth one was a little bit unnecessary, but still pretty good. Don't worry, we're getting a fifth one. Woody's back in it. Got the whole gang around. Like, it just screams desperation from Disney. And it's... Does anyone even like like Disney anymore? I feel like they're no one cares about what they're doing because they're just I think Marvel kind of saved them. I, Marvel is the only thing saving them right now, and even that is like it's not firing on the level that they're expecting it to either. It's, well, I think Bob Iger is switching to video games now. Didn't he say something about games? Yeah, he they put in a thirty million dollar billion dollar whatever it was to Epic. They're they're partnering with Fortnite. So they're going to have a Disney World in Fortnite. Oh, no. Oh, like, brother. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, not excited about that. No, I I, I don't know. I, I, I was never really on board to keep watching more of these. I really liked Elemental, and that was an original film that just came out of nowhere. I, I was a huge fan of that movie. I'd like to see more of that. Um, Super Mario is not Pixar, but it's what, Illumination. It was Illumination. And another which... movie that's, that was a bad movie, but it wasn't for us. It was for kids. It was also kind of fun. I know it's not necessarily original, but like, you know, it was interesting. And then then I I don't care about these. Yeah. Next year, Pixar does have an original film coming out into theaters. It is called Elo. So if you if again go support that. Like I'm also just sick of the animation, man. It doesn't look fun anymore. Like when these movies came out, it was like cool that oh my gosh, they look so fun. They're they're going for a photorealism that I don't like in animated. I think it's weird to try to go for photorealistic 
outside of like i don't care that the water looks real i'm sorry <laughs> like i would just rather them go for a more of a fun stylistic way like a spider-verse or teenage mutant ninja turtles like that pushes the animation more than trying to capture real life does in an animated form i yeah. don't know it's interesting times ahead with disney same with the academy who has officially given a new award in 2026 best casting so this is not necessarily something that's new in the award world in general. You have SAG Ensemble that is around there. But this is the first step in the Academy bringing new roles to the Oscars. What do you think about Best Casting? I know it's not the first award like that everyone wanted. No, I, I really like it. I think it's a good – I think it's it, it, it's an award for someone who's kind of an unsung hero. I mean we're, we talk a lot about movies where we think things are miscasted. Um, so I think that it, it is interesting, uh, and I think it's a, a next step for maybe another type of acting, which I know you want CGI acting or voice acting in there. So that that's a good step for that. I think one thing that we both really agree on is we want to see stunts in here. So I think it's a good step to adding a, a couple more awards that I think people are really hoping for. I mean, even in the Oscars, Oscars, Grammys, the Grammys were just on Sunday. They've already like cut awards from the show that you don't even see. There's so many random awards. But I think casting is one that will actually be in the show and people are pretty interested in. Because there's a lot of movies that are like, wow, the ensemble in this is incredible. And I think that should be rewarded. Voice acting is the one that I think is long overdue. And I think that we're getting there. Same with stunts. Like the two of them, stunts, there's no excuse that stunts shouldn't have been the first one to be put in. Like I I, I agree that casting is like a, a big thing. Stunts has been like... It's just been the thing for the last like six years since action films have been rejuvenized. Stunts How would have... you award it though? You just action films or films like Mission Impossible or like that have good choreography. Like, there's a way that you can do stunts with like dancing as well. Like, you can link all of them. It'd be together. like realistic rather than like CGI, like flip flops and steps. Sorry, there's a motorcycle outside. I, that was a it's a crazy motorcycle noise right there. He's he's going crazy. Yeah, like I think there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. I don't think that you have to necessarily be put in just just like hand to hand combat. Like there's different ways that you can define stunts. I'm on board for stunts. I think that's a good one. I think that should definitely be next. But I like this. I think it's a good it's a step in the right direction, and I'm I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm a fan. Speaking more about the Academy, Ryan Gosling said that he is, in fact, open to performing I'm Just Ken at the Oscars. Yeah, they, they haven't He's, asked him. They have not officially asked him yet, no. He said it might be too much of a risk to have me do it. I don't know how it would work, but I'm open to do it. This also comes off the report that the Academy won't perform I'm Just Ken if Ryan Gosling is there. But they haven't asked him at the same time. So I don't really know what's going on there. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think they'll perform it. It's too big of a song. People loved it. It would be too much of a miss for them not to do it. Yeah, you, you got to ask them. I don't. I don't really get why. But I, I didn't understand that first report where it was like, "We won't perform it if Ryan Gosling doesn't want to do it." It's like, yeah, obviously, if anybody didn't want to do it, you would make them. You're not going to take a gun to their head. Like what? I was super confused by the language in that. Just going to get Simu Leo to perform it instead. Yeah, maybe. Why? Well, he, he, he'll probably be there. Eh? He'll probably be dancing or something if they do it. Ah, uh, well, yeah, yeah. There's the whole point. I don't is think, he doesn't do sing in it, but no, but they dance with each other. They do yeah, like a probably dance do a little off. dance. Dance, yeah. I can see it. The, I'd like that. Kennedy. I like it. And one last here on Cine News, we've been tracking Coyote versus Acme. I, as long as Warner Brothers decided to try to shelve the film, then. We were told that the Warner Brothers were going to sell the film. Well, the newest news coming out with this is that Coyote vs. Acme is expected to be shelved and deleted forever. So what caused this shift? Apparently nothing. Apparently this was the plan all along. David Zaslav has not even watched the film, but he has been adamant on trying to delete the film and write it off as a tax return. He's even went as far as to, as you can tell, that they said they were going to ship them off to different studios to get pitches for pricing. Apparently, they wanted around $75 to $80 million for a film and rejected all offers from every studio that offered them 
So Netflix, Amazon, Paramount all put in offers and they didn't even let them counter offer. They refused every offer that came in. So they clearly had their mind made up. Also did not even tell the producers and the writers what they were getting the pitches or the pricing from. So clearly Warner Brothers just didn't care about this film. And this continues to highlight how awful David Zaslav has been for the industry, for the film industry, for Hollywood in general. He just does everything backwards. This is not what film should ever come down to. We should never even be seeing any of this stuff. And the fact that now that they're just going to simply just delete the film, be over with, because I think it's done. I think the, their mind's made up. I don't think we're actually ever going to end up seeing this film. Uh, yeah. J- just disgusting. <laughs> disgusting behavior. <laughs> yeah. They, you know, they want the tax right up more than just drop it. Like, it, it, what a weird thing to just have disappear into to nothing. It's, it seems like a great movie. We had Eric Bauza on a broadcast that we did for work uh, elsewhere. Uh, he, he, he's the voice of Bugs Bunny. He does a lot of a lot of the voices, I guess. I think he does like most of the Looney Tunes, he in, does, especially yeah. in that movie too. Um, and he was super disappointed. He was really hoping that it'll eventually get picked up and somebody will do something with it. But I mean, after the news now, I don't think that movie's coming out ever. When are we going to get to the point that people are dropping out of Warner Brothers projects because of this? Because this isn't the first time they've been doing this for two years now. Like this is just genuinely disgusting behavior. Like films that are done. Like this is the second film now that is completely finished. The Scoob sequel was written off and killed forever. Now this one seemingly as well. Like directors and writers should start pulling out of films because this is like, how do you even know until the film is literally out in theaters that your film's going to make it to the finish line? Yeah. It's, it's and I mean, especially after all the clamoring around it, you think that they could probably make money off of it i think it's a 30 million dollars they want yeah for tax write-off that's all they're gonna get but how much was did the movie cost not that much I'm 18 sure. or something no i Super think it was weird. probably around like 50 million dollars but like oh come on a tax write-off is not the solution <laughs> i'm sorry that's never should be the end game and if you're not even letting these studios counter your offers like you're clearly very yeah. you're, you don't care and you had your mind made up that you just want this film gone, especially if Zaslav didn't even watch the film. Disgusting. Warner Brothers should count themselves lucky that they had Barbie come out last year because. Yeah, it's eh, super disappointing. Yeah, it's. There's a reason Christopher Nolan left Warner Brothers because you think that how they treated Tenet was like. People were trying to blame Christopher Nolan for that. I don't think it's Christopher Nolan's fault. I, I feel like it's all Warner Brothers. Denis Villeneuve, you should uh, get out of there as fast as you can once Dune is over. And that uh that about wraps up Cine News. You want to go over what we watched recently? Sure. Why don't you give me a movie? Give you a movie? Uh, I have not actually watched a lot of movies recently. I've been more on a TV binge, so I can give you a television oh, show instead. Drop some, drop some television for me. I've been on a comedy show watching binge because I have not really felt like watching a lot of serious stuff. Because a lot of the television that I watch is like mainly prestige television. So I've decided to go for three shows that I started. And I can wrap them kind of all around the same boat because they're all very fairly similar. I started Shit's Creek. I started the I started Community, which you'll be excited to hear about that one. And I started Ted. So all three shows are very like turn your brain off, watch them, enjoy your time. But they all have very different underlines to them Shit's creek like i've watched the first two seasons of Shit's creek it's good you can tell it's very canadian to start off the show it's very cbc yeah, it's a little too cbc yeah. but the cast is perfectly cast i love every single one in that Catherine o'hara she's so funny and just so effortless in all of her roles i like the way she speaks in the show too uh eugene levy's really funny but dan dan levy's probably my standout i think he's also effortlessly yeah hilarious just his little like ticks that he does like the, mm, uh yeah, like th- those types of things like, are genuinely hilarious and i'm i i'm starting to see like the magic because the first two two seasons i've heard are kind of like you gotta wait you gotta keep going keep going the end of the second season like i'm kind of like i kind of been getting it now so i'm excited to start the third season same with community community i have almost done the first season a little bit of a i wouldn't say a rough start because i still think it's funny but the first couple episodes, you kind of know that they're trying to figure out where the show wants to go. And then yeah. they kind of just go, screw it. Let's just be weird. 
And even in the first season alone, you're getting a lot of weird episodes that are coming out. You get the episodes where they're basically harboring a mob about chicken nuggets. Like they're starting to get that weirdness underneath them. And really fast, they got their footing underneath. It's a very funny show. I think the cast is also all great. It's insane scene. There was a show in Canada, Kids in the Hall. Did you ever watch Kids in the Hall? It's like I a didn't. sketch show. No. It's a bunch of, I think it was on CBC, but it was a bunch of dudes and that they, it was put out late night and nobody at, I think it was CBC, nobody at CBC watched the show and they realized that. So they just did whatever they want and no that nobody ever watched it so they just put out the most ridiculous nonsense and that's sort of where you see it with community eventually after i think around the end of the first season beginning of the second season that nbc really did they just weren't giving them that much money they didn't really care what they were doing and it just kind of like goes crazy it gets a lot of fun but yeah the first couple episodes community are they're they're like oh i wonder what this really is yeah it eventually finds once it finds its footing it's hilarious though honestly to be honest the character that helps them find their footing is Abed. like the yeah. first couple episodes are pretty it hasn't aged the main very, character it is it isn't aged very well with how they treat Abed in the first couple episodes and even they write him very like pretty off-putting like because it's like oh like i don't know why they're doing this and then like they kind of dial away from that and then it's like okay good like they don't treat Abed like this awful person and they like start to make him more like fun and like lean into that strange side of his character uh, and make him more of a main character. And I, it's for the best. It's a fun show. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm not excited for the later seasons because I've heard they're not very good, especially when Dan Harmon leaves. But no, it's, it's just the one season. Season four, right? Season four. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, two, three of the best. And then season four. They fire him, and it's just really – it just loses a lot of the steam. But five and six, they're actually pretty good. It's just yeah. not really the same show. Are you proud but of me for fun. starting it, though? I, you were right. Man, it is, it's a show it is, that you would love. It's you, very much You're only that far, humor. and you're going you're gonna to love it even more. Yeah. And then, Ted, you know, I, I've seen some stuff online. I've seen some clips. I'm kind of like, this is actually kind of funny. And I, the show's – it's okay. It's like Family Guy, but like kind of extended for 40 minutes. Uh, and it's very much more in tuned of the first Ted movie than the second, which is a good thing because the first Ted I think is actually pretty solid. Second one I'm not a fan of. Uh, and it's got more heart than I was expecting. Got a lot more. It's not just like stupid pee pee poo poo jokes the entire time. There's actually a little bit more heart too because it's more of a it's a younger Ted, younger John. So they're not as uh, they're yeah. not as nihilistic to the world yet. So I, I, I've enjoyed the first couple episodes. I haven't finished that one yet, but that's a that's what I watch for TV. I heard that one's good. I, I, I might actually turn that on after this. You might like it. What have you watched recently? Well, I watched the Grammys. So why don't I talk about the Grammys here? Oh, boy. Um, super odd vibe. Very strange vibe in the room there. Trevor Noah, super safe these days, playing it very safe. He's got a couple jokes, but he's not like, I don't know if he's anybody's favorite comedian out there right now. Uh, but I think you got to play it safe, especially after the, what's his name? Joe Bo. What was the guy who did the like the, Joy Coy, the, something like that? Joe Coy, yeah. Joe Coy. I think yeah. you kind of got to play it safe. So it made sense. It was fine. Uh, I have a question for you. We're both big football fans. I'm a, I'm a big Swifty. I love Taylor Swift. It's getting old. It's getting <laughs> real old. I didn't think I'd get to this point. Uh, she announced her album at the Grammys. Yep. Not the place. It's also the not worst the title place to do I've that. ever seen in my life. It is the worst title of an album ever. The Tortured Poets Department. The track list. Also some of the worst tracks I've seen. Like names. Her last two albums weren't very... Her last three albums weren't very good. Midnight's one album of the year. I would not even put that in top five albums Taylor Swift's ever done. Folklore one last time would not put that in top five albums she's ever done. It is just this weird wave of Taylor Swift. Now she's trying to sue people tracking her jets because she's traveling 13 (laughs) minutes from St. Louis to St. Louis on her private jets. She's the number one contributor to (laughs) whatever climate pollution right now. Yeah. 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 Climate pollution. Well, 
private, I guess, cell phone flight climate police. Like it, it, it's insane. It's getting really annoying. But when she announced that album, it's like, geez, the time and place, man, like people are celebrating each other. Like these are your peers. These aren't your fans. Don't do that. That is so stupid. Uh, and that album sucked. Like Midnight's is not a good album. And I love Taylor Swift, but Midnight's, that's not a good album. I'm sorry. Like, sorry. Anti-Hero? What? That's your best song from that album? Travis Kelsey was asked to, to keep singing the lines, and he didn't even know them. He didn't even know the rest of the lines. I feel, it's bad, bro. Yeah. It's getting way too much. I really hope, and I, I want the Chiefs to win this Sunday, because <laughs> oh, then God, Travis Kelsey... No. And Taylor Swift can have their happy ending, and then they can just frig off for a while. You think that's going to happen? Crap, bro. I, that's not No, it's happen. not. But I just – I don't want to see it anymore, man. I, I, I'm getting a little sick of it at this point. Uh, but overall, it was a really good show. Tracy Chapman came out. I hate the cover that – what's the name? Luke Combs does. But she came out and sang with him, and it was freaking tremendous. Um, it, it was great. Miley Cyrus. Uh... Miley Cyrus won her first Grammy. She was just so stoked about it. She was, she was dancing, and her performance was excellent. Great show, great show. SNL on the weekend was Iota Debris and uh, Jennifer Lopez. It was pretty good. She's, she's pretty solid. I wouldn't say it was the top in the top three of the season, but definitely four or five. It was it was really good. She's she's great. Uh, she wasn't great in a couple of them, but overall, she she really carried a lot of the scene or a lot of the sketches. So it was, it was pretty fun. Uh, and then yesterday I watched a movie called Upgraded. This is Camilla Mendez and Archie Renault. Oh, Aspiring God. art intern Anna is invited on a last-minute work trip to London by her brilliant but intimidating super boss, meeting the handsome and wealthy William on a plane. Set in both London and New York City, the rom-com chronicles the trials and tribulations of balancing work, romance, and following your dreams. Marissa Tomei is the boss, and she has this terrible accent through the whole thing. Very, very boring movie. And Archie Renault has a is I put this in my review. He has as much sexual magnetism as a urinal cake because he is <laughs> ugly to look at. No charm, nothing interesting about this guy. How do people just get movies? I'm so confused. How do you just you get to go star in a movie even though you suck? Because I get it if you're hot, that's fine. Camila Mendez, she's hot. She's also a fine actress. She she can be in whatever movie she wants to be. I'm okay with that. Archie Renault. This guy's ugly and not a good actor. How is he in this movie? I have no idea. I'm so confused at this guy. I, 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 I'm. He's in Morbius. He's Bobby in Morbius. I, don't, don't don't say that like I'm gonna know who that Bobby is <laughs> in Morbius. Uh, he's in the other Zoe, and that's about Voyagers. He's Alex in Voyagers. So it's really about it. I, I don't know how this guy's in this movie, man. It It's a bad movie. I gave it one and a half stars. And I like movies like that. I think they're fun. You know, a two-star movie on a movie like that, that's, that's a good rating for me, man. Uh, but that was that was, that was was pretty bad. Uh, and then I watched a movie called Max, My Love. It's a 1986 movie. Uh, I'm not going to talk about this movie yet because uh, we have had uh, Anthony on the podcast before who sent me the download to this movie. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to talk about it when we get him on the podcast next. But I'm just going to read you what this movie's about. And I'm going to send you the link to download this movie. Because I want you to watch this movie as well. A love triangle of primate proportions. The wife of a British diplomat in Paris takes a chimpanzee as her lover. Just leave it at that. It's a 1986 film. We'll talk about it later. Uh, I, I wasn't a fan. Let me tell you that. But I also Why? gave it a like because I, I enjoy a big swing. And that's about basically all I watched. Uh, okay. But crap, man. I'll send you this monkey movie. I, don't I said I love it. monkey movies. I don't, I don't know if it. I love them this much. I, oh, <laughs> God. Okay. Uh, I got one last movie here. That's actually a film that also came out last week. Orion in the Dark. Orion in the Dark, I should say, because he's a, it's a cosmos. Uh, this is the Charlie Kaufman animated film that came out on Netflix that is going to come and go because no one in Netflix cares to market their movies at all. It's actually really cute. It's a cute, fun animated film that doesn't really do too much on the surface. But Charlie Kaufman always brings a level of existentialism that I like in a lot of his films. And 
he's able to do that in a fun kids way, which is kind of like tearing down all the anxieties of being a kid growing up. And the first five minutes of this film, I kid you not, I'm like, oh my God, how did these, how is he nailing everything that I felt as a child? Like, it's literally how I felt like that dread, the fear that you feel about certain, certain interactions. Uh, It's just going to be a really good connector film for a lot of kids. And I think that it's a good portrayal of all these different feelings of night, of anxiety, of depression. Like, it's a very cool way to do it. Is there anything more than just like a fun, easy breezy 90 minute film outside of that? Not really. Like it's just, it's kind of your standard animated film. The animation's pretty good. doesn't do anything too special. I like the voice casting in it a lot. Uh, Jacob Trombley's like still playing kids, even though his voice is like getting a lot more deeper. And I always forget that he's still like not even 20 yet, but uh, he's really good in the film as well. I liked it. I think it's a good solid film. It's honestly so far this year, it's my favorite film of the year and it's February 12th. 12th no it's february 9th oh my god i skipped a couple days so like it's kind of like sad that there's only like a couple of films out that like i think i've liked and that's been like one uh but i give three and a half stars i think it's a cute film and i think a lot of people will like it so charlie kaufman like for that one uh i'm gonna quickly give you guys you have nothing else to say right i think we can move on to what's coming out this yeah week. Uh, i was just looking at my uh top movies so far of 2024 and argyle is number one <laughs> Oh, so, sweet Jesus. We need to watch it, some more It beats films. out Upgraded, Lift, and Clear Mind, which is like a VR horror movie. Well, that's not really enticing, isn't it? <laughs> but hopefully something talk- good comes out. We still, I still got to watch Mean Girls and uh, yes. Madam Web next week. Excited for that one. Yeah. Let's get into what's coming out because really this week for movies, there's only one film that came out. It's Lisa Frankenstein. So if you want to go watch that horror comedy film, with the director of Warm Bodies, Catherine Newton, and Cole Sprouse, who doesn't say a single word of dialogue in the film, apparently. That's out in theaters. If you want to go watch that, maybe I'll check it out once it's on streaming. As far as TV this week, also not too much. You've seen lots of ads for the TV shows on sport events. Tracker's coming out on Sunday for CBS. That has been literally played in front of every single television show I can think of. So that's coming out. Halo Season 2 has also started. Heard it's better than the first season, which I didn't really like, but also didn't hate it as much as everyone else. So maybe I'll give that a watch sometime soon. I'm going to also give you the movies that are coming out next week because it's a little funky since Valentine's Day apparently makes films come out in the middle of the week. That's what Hollywood wanted to do, which means we got two big films next week. We got the Bob Marley One Love film, biopic about Bob Marley coming out. So let's get together and we'll be all right And then Madam Web, which will be our film for next week. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of fun things to say about that. Two weeks in a row, we're going to be talking negative about films, eh? I'm excited for Madam Web. You shouldn't be. Did you see that? Morbius was fun. Morbius was not fun. Morbius was boring. (laughs) I, I wanted to have more fun with Morbius, and I did not. Morbius was just kind of there. He did say it's Morbin time, though. So maybe we'll get something like that. Did you see the clip of the the guy asking Dakota Johnson about if he's seen the meme about the my my father and yeah. mother? And the, yeah, yeah. I don't have good vibes for this film in general. She was very confused. He also worded the question really weirdly. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I I don't know. It's it is just a trailer. You can just throw in random dialogue. She's kind of right. I don't know why people are like this. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's a trailer. It's I think people are just sense. wanting it to be the next Morbius. And like, I'm not yeah. even getting those vibes from the trailer. I'm just getting boring from the trailer. And I think that's just what it's going to end up being. Yeah. I I legitimately think they they think it's an MCU movie. Like she fired her or she changed agencies <laughs> after this. So I think they might have told her it was an MCU movie. The fact that the film takes place in 2003 tells you all you need to know about what type of film we're going to be getting uh but that's gonna be next week so we'll get into our talk next week why don't you wrap things up mike all right everybody this has been the episode another episode of Cinemates. i'm mike jose collins this is jake underscore schultz six on x and all your social medias uh please follow this podcast rate this podcast share this podcast please rate it five stars please uh follow those tiktoks 
me check actually where we are with the, the TikTok right now. I think we're over uh, 750,000 and we're over 500 followers. So we're, uh, yeah, thank you so much, guys. It means a lot. We've really been picking up steam, but there are other videos, you know? There is. You have to keep looking at this one. Also, video. guys, guys, we get it. Mike said that it's like art, even though you didn't understand that he wasn't saying the film, that films aren't art. We, we understand. You don't need to keep commenting for the 7,000th time. Though we do like the comments, yeah. but we, we get it. Over 730,000 views. So thank you guys for that. Uh, the view to like them, not that good. So please like, <laughs> like the TikTok, share the TikTok. Uh, and yeah, follow us for more. We'll, we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Yeah, we also got some exciting bits before we end. We got some exciting stuff coming out planned for later this month, early March. We might have a, a big guest on this podcast. So a little teaser there. Uh, it is confirmed. So we're looking forward to that. That should be a, a fun episode. All right, that's uh, that's all we got for you guys. Catch you in the next one. <laughs>